We turn to the economy section for this morning's GMS Focus. We capped off 2022 with climbing interest rates, inflation and energy prices, setting the tone for a tumultuous time for the new year. Now, with the U.S. Central Bank hinting at additional rate hikes in the coming months, South Korea also looks set to follow suit, fueling concerns over the country's ailing real estate market and ensuing liquidity risks in security firms. Let's talk more about this with Professor Yang Jin-sak of at the Catholic University of Korea. Good morning, Professor Young. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. So the U.S. Fed unveiled minutes of its latest meeting in December, which suggested that further rate hikes are needed to help slow inflation. A top official at the bank also said that the rate would need to increase above 5% for the time being. Of course, it begs implications. What does this mean for the world economy, in your opinion? And does this raise the possibility of a global recession? Well, uh I think it raises the possibility uh, of a recession, yes. Uh, I don't think the Korea is the most vulnerable country out there, but there are other countries uh, which are very much vulnerable not only to a recession, but perhaps even currency crisis. And to explain that, I should go into the background of this. Uh, now, basically, everybody knows this by now, but the reason for uh, U.S. raising interest rates is because of inflation. Uh, while most of the world experienced inflation from late 2021 and early 2022, most of it was uh, from the supply side. That is, uh, we had price increases due to supply shortages due to the pandemic, uh, which reduced uh, production or reduced global transportation capacities. And then we had Russian invasion into Ukraine, which uh, affected the supply of oil, natural gas and food stuff, raising prices of those. Uh, so those were uh, common throughout the world. Uh, it did cause inflation, but when we have supply-side inflation like this, uh, interest rate increases usually doesn't do that much to help. Uh, but U.S. was somewhat of an exception. Unlike most other countries, United States had a increase in demand due in part to large government assistance during the pandemic, which raised most households' savings. So unlike other countries, U.S. had a strong increase in demand from about late 2021, which skewed toward durable goods, uh, which had reduced global supply. And it significantly contributed to uh, U.S. domestic inflation. uh, And uh, this very strong recovery created a labor shortage and a very large increase in wages, uh, which further contributed to inflation in the U.S. So just taking the U.S. by itself in order to reduce demand and cool down the uh, hot job market, U.S. started raising interest rates at an unprecedented speed and amount. Uh, Fed started to raise the uh, rates only from last March. It's not even been a year yet. It started to raise the rates later than Korea. And uh, in less than 10 months, U.S. raised rates from uh, 0.25% to 4.50%, including four straight increases of 0.75 percentage points or 75 basis points. This is the fastest increase since the Fed's switch to interest rate targeting in 1990. And the uh, second highest increase that the Fed had throughout its history. Uh, And that highest increase took place over years rather than just uh, 10 months. Uh, So uh, while the uh, U.S. was experiencing this uh, strong recovery in demand, uh, 
Other countries, uh, well, they didn't really re- even begin to recover from the pandemic. Mm. Uh, and a lot of these countries are still experiencing shortages in supply and higher than usual unemployment. Uh, so uh, while the uh, tight monetary policy raising the interest rates uh, made sense for the United States by itself, it made very little sense for most other countries. If the United States was a small country, then just let it raise rates and it would have ended there. But United States is the United States. Mm-hmm. Higher interest rate for the U.S. has consequences for global ca- capital flows, mm-hmm. global inflation, exchange rates. So other countries really have to follow the uh, U.S. trend if they don't want to uh, create other problems, especially dealing with the international capital markets. Uh, so they raise their rates even if their domestic economies were perhaps not ready uh, to have higher rates. As a result, uh, global interest rates are rising at a very time when it may be inappropriate for a lot of these countries to raise the rates by too much. And even though the uh, global inflation now is uh, perhaps uh, stabilizing, the uh, rate of increase of inflation is different for each region, and the underlying fundamental reason for uh, inflation, the uh, production blocks from the pandemic, uh, food and energy prices, those are uh, easing, uh, partially due to expectations of global recession from the higher rates, but because U.S. is expected to continue to raise the rates for at least the first half of the year or even more, And while the expectation at the end of last year was that U.S. rates would peak around 4.25% or 4.5%, as you just mentioned in the beginning, now there are some indications that it may even now peak at 5% or more. Uh, One of the more interesting uh, uh, speculation is that U.S. uh, should keep on raising the rates until the uh, rates get higher than the inflation rate. Uh, That's probably going to mean even higher than 5.0%. Uh, and even if U.S. stops raising the rates, the Fed has indicated that they will keep the rates at a high level until the end of, uh, at least end of 2023 and perhaps through much of 2024, though some Wall Street investors, analysts are now betting against that, but mm-hmm. I personally wouldn't bet against the Fed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, continuing rate increase uh, means that weaker economies, it may prove to be a poison. Uh, these economies... A lot of economists thought these economy, weaker economies would get into trouble uh, at the uh, end of last year. Uh, but luckily, they've been successful at keeping themselves from falling off the cliff. But that, doesn't, that isn't stopping a lot of international economists and international economic groups from worrying. Last year, IMF warned that several economies were in danger of going into a currency crisis and Kenneth Logoff, a professor at Harvard University, uh, really famous in the international uh, capital movement analysis, said in a recent editorial that it's a miracle that no economy went into a full, full currency crisis so far. Uh, so obviously the danger is there, and in some sense the world has been very lucky so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, Korea is not the most vulnerable country. We have a lot of uh, foreign exchange reserves. Uh, we have a fairly strong uh, fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Uh, other countries are a lot weaker, but obviously if we have a lot of currency crisis in other countries, Korea will be affected. Uh, but the problem is U.S. is still experiencing higher than the target inflation. They're currently around 7% level. Mm-hmm. And 
even more, perhaps worryingly, uh, they still have very strong demand, a very strong labor market, despite all these rate increases. So, yeah, if I was uh, betting, I would probably bet that they will raise the rates beyond the peak, though, uh, beyond the uh, peak that they've announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, though how much above that is still up to question. It really depends on how strong the U.S. economy continues to be. Although you've said South Korea is not the most vulnerable, I mean, the continued rate hikes does pose a tricky situation for South Korea continuously because further U.S. rate hikes will once again place the Bank of Korea in the hot seat as it juggles inflation and growth. Uh, Most agree that Korea needs to narrow that interest rate gap with the U.S. to avert various negative effects, but some experts seem to be chiming in, saying a short-term rate reversal wouldn't be that big of a problem. So what's your take on this, Professor Young? Okay, well, these rate reversals are uh, somewhat scary because right now the U.S. rates are higher than Korean rates and U.S. investment is higher, uh, safer than Korean investment. So the textbook uh, economics would say that capital would flow out of uh, Korea into U.S. and that could be a trigger for a uh, currency crisis. But we, this is not the first time we had uh, interest rate reversals. There were three times in the past, 1991 to 2001, 2005 to 2007, 2018 to 2020. Uh, and on all those three times, we didn't have too big a problem. Uh, the current rate difference in Korean policy rate right now is 3.25%. U.S. is 4.5%. And the uh, currency rate difference is 1.25%. That's still below the uh, highest rate difference we had in the year 2000, which was 1.5%. Perhaps because of that, a lot of analysts do think that uh, up to uh, interest rate gap of 1.5%, it shouldn't cause too much problems because we had that type of a gap before. Uh, but it also depends on whether the international markets remain stable. Uh, mm-hmm. We can handle uh, capital uh, flowing outwards from Korea uh, if the uh, flow is fairly slow, which it has been so far. Uh, and in previous times, we actually had capital coming in. Uh, the uh, exchange rate, got, uh, the Korean one, actually got stronger two out of three of these uh, reversals, contrary to what we may see in the uh, textbooks. Uh, but uh, the concern is that the, uh, if you look at the previous interest rate reversal era, uh, we had trade surpluses, which really did a lot to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this time, we're had, heading toward trade account deficit. Uh, so there is some concern, but uh, most people do think that because we had uh, re- uh, gaps up to 1.5% in the per- percentage point in the past, uh, perhaps 1.5 percentage point uh, gap will be okay. Yeah. Uh, the Bank of Korea is set to decide its key rate this Friday, while the central bank is largely expected to take a baby step. What is your projection and what would be the bank's priorities in setting the very rate? OK, well, the uh, Bank of Korea still has justification to raise the rates. Mm. The uh, headline inflation uh, for uh, last December was 5.0 percent. And for core inflation, it was 4.8 and 4.1 percent Uh Korea has two types of core inflation. They're all above the uh, BOK target rate of 2%. Uh, 
Uh, and there are concerns that people are now expecting higher inflation. Uh, so uh, prices, inflation may rise in January even further because it always rises around the uh, Lunar New Year. Uh, so there is some justification that uh, Bank of Korea should raise the rates. Uh, but at, but it, a lot of it depends on how much the U.S. raises the rates in their first uh, FOMC meeting which is scheduled on January 31st to February 1st. Uh, U.S. had raised the uh, rates by 50 basis points in December, and they're expected to raise the rates by 25 basis points in uh, February 1st. Uh, So if they do raise the rates by 25 basis points and Korea does not, we reach that 1.5 percentage point gap. So my guess would be Bank of Korea if they're fairly confident that the U.S. will raise the rate by 25 basis points, Korea will raise the uh, 25 basis points somewhat earlier uh, next week uh, and uh, keep the uh, rate difference at 1.25 percentage points because U.S. is expected to further raise the rate in the future. I think their strategy will be every time they raise the rates by, say, about 50 basis points, Korea raises the rate by 25 basis points, so we keep up on the same trend, uh, but uh, not as much as the United States, as long as Korea or the world do not go into a serious recession. Mm. Uh, so as hopes for a rate cut this year quickly fades, concerns are also rising over liquidity risks at construction companies, security firms, as well as savings banks amid Korea's ailing real estate market. With the government's latest set of efforts, such as lifting real estate regulations and easing taxes, help in reducing the liquidity risk, what is your take, Professor Young? I think uh, it will not help too much. Uh, (laughs) First of all, uh, the reason that we have a tight uh, monetary policy is to reduce inflation, and that means reducing economic activity, including construction. Uh, Mm -hmm. So some projects dying because of a higher interest rate is a natural consequence. It's something that should happen. Uh, we need to make sure that it is the uh, worst projects which die first mm-hmm. and funding for the best project, uh, best projects remain. Uh, so, uh, increasing interest rates for uh, project funding or PF is okay, but credit crunch, which makes no funding available for any project, regardless of their quality, is not okay. And right now, the uh, project funding market seems to be recovering a bit, even, uh, but uh, they do have high interest, which is exactly what we should expect and what we want. Now, uh, a lot of this uh, funding crisis is due to uh, housing uh, market being uh, slowing down, mm. and the housing market slowing down is because housing markets, uh, housing prices is falling, and housing prices currently is caught in a negative loop. There's no sales because lending is difficult, interest rate is high, but also because price is falling, and nobody wants to uh, pay more for a housing uh, than they have to, so they're waiting for the bottom of the market, mm. but as long as people are waiting for the bottom of the market, there's less sales, and uh, there will be few desperate sellers who will lower prices even more because they need to sell their housing quickly. Uh, and that will seem like the entire uh, pr- uh, housing price is falling for the whole market. So everybody's waiting for the uh, prices to bottom out. And even with these government initiatives, uh, we'll, we'll probably not see that much of uh, more sales and leveling out of prices 
until people are convinced that the uh, market price is at bottom. So government assistance will probably help, but not as much as people hope. Uh, And then uh, we have to wonder if the uh, policies to prop up the uh, price of housing is really a good idea. Uh, Public already has this preconception that housing speculation is a bet that cannot fail, in large part because when housing prices fall like this, government uh, places... Uh, these policies, which will raise the prices back up. So I think people have this feeling that uh, you cannot fail if you buy a housing for speculative investment purposes. Mm. So next time when we have a housing bubble, it'll be more difficult to try to put out the uh, price bubble because, well, everybody will expect that uh, even if the bubble pops, Mm. they won't lose too much. But it is also about helping the vulnerable, is it not? I mean, it's about maybe each rank trying to get to the next level. I mean, that's what the Chonsei was designed to do originally. What about helping the, the lower income households then? Okay, well, the policy that Korea usually pushes out to help the vulnerable, uh, not only the households, but also firms, is mm-hmm. preferential loans at low interest rates. That I do not think is a good idea any longer. Uh, we do have uh, some of the highest uh, household and corporate debt compared to other countries in compared to Korea's uh, GDP. And the, uh, these loans to these uh, low-income households and marginal companies are really very high-risk debt because they're more likely not to be able to pay back. Uh, but every time that we have an economic slowdown, well, the government uh, drags out these preferential loans uh, to these very households, and then we worry about how uh, weak uh, household loans and corporate uh, debt it, uh, are uh, because of these firms that cannot pay it back mm-hmm. or potentially cannot pay it back. Uh, I think uh, if Korea wants to really seriously deal with this problem, uh, then rather than open up preferential loans with low interest rates, they just just have a welfare policy where they just give money directly, mm. uh, even if that means that the government spending may increase. But on the other hand, uh, government, if they want to assist these uh, marginal households and uh, uh, companies, they should use government's own money rather than trying to use depositors' money, which is in the banks. Mm. And it's the bank's responsibility to keep that depositors' money safe. Uh, so uh, if we do get into a serious uh, economic uh, slowdown or even a recession, uh, then government should consider increasing government spending rather than try to offer these preferential loans. Mm. Uh, and uh, perhaps uh, government may have to give up its ideal goal of trying to maintain the deficit this year. Thank you very much, Professor Young, as always, for your thorough explanations and your expert projections. We'll speak to you again in a few weeks' time. Thank you. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.